So we, I am so excited right now because I never thought we would actually get together. But I said, you know what, Gourmet? It's going to happen. And Frank always makes things happen because I am persistent and I am annoying because <laughs> I will just beat it down until finally we uh, get, get together. So um, we have Mike Gorman, right? Is that what your name yes, is? Yes, yes. Dude, and you go by Gourmet. Yes. Okay. Was that like a childhood name? No, not at all. Okay. Um, it actually, it, it came from Instagram um, and not because it was my handle, but my, old, in the olden day, olden times, you know, go uh-huh. back four years, five years, my Instagram handle was Gormandizer because Gormandizer, it, my last name's Gorman. The word Gormandize is to eat voraciously. And so that oh. kind of described the life that I was living. You know, I was yeah. putting, you know, my 500 pound life out there for display on, on Instagram. And it wasn't a weight loss account. It wasn't a health and fitness account. It was a haha, you know, screw you, fat acceptance type account. Like oh. very much like a, a gluttony sideshow. And uh-huh. I was in a couple of DM groups. And one of the DM groups I was in, because my nickname was Gormandizer on the, my, you know, my handle, they called me Gourmet. And so then when it was time for me to change my handle name, you know, once I felt like I was getting really serious about getting healthy and losing weight and all of that, um, I decided to change my handle to Gourmet, not realizing that then that would become my name. Like that was the name that people then would know me by. Like, and that, that really struck home for me at KetoCon last year, which is an annual uh, convention, hence mm-hmm. con in the name, uh, of scientists and doctors and participants in the, keto, in the ketogenic sphere. And I was walking up to the line on the first morning and started hearing people yelling my name, mm-hmm. like to get my attention because they wanted me to come over and take a selfie with them or to say hi or something along those lines. Mm. And I said to one of my friends, I'm like, I've had like 12 different people yell Gourmet today. And they're like, that's how people know you. They know you as Gourmet. So it's it's kind of evolved into like, I just let it happen. Like, I don't want to say I'm like Sting or Madonna, but like, it's, I actually, I I don't want to talk forever about this, but it's actually kind of funny. I was at Disneyland with my sister last year Uh and someone came up to us in one of the parks and said, Oh my God, are you gourmet? And I was like, yeah. And we talked for a second and had a great little conversation and they walked away. And then for the next two days, my sister walked around, I'm at Disneyland with gourmet. And yeah. we'd walk by people and she would go, do you know that this is gourmet that you're meeting, you know, right now that gourmet is getting on this ride. And they were all like, what are you talking about? Mm. And she's like, well, you know, this is gourmet. I was like, so she likes to mock me about that. So yeah, that's awesome. It's, be- so, it's become the name. So yeah. again, I'm, I'm just so lucky to have you on, man, and take the time. Yeah. First of all, you're a, you're a East Coast guy, which I love the East Coast. But I'm going to do a few plugins because I guess for Jacked, we don't really talk about where we're reached at. We actually have yeah. a few things. We have Jacked on Instagram, J-A-K-D, just a couple of dudes with a K. Jacked on Facebook. We have jackedpod.com, which we're going to be updating soon. We also have a YouTube channel. Uh, that no one's really seen yet. Uh, it's uh, just a couple of dudes are jacked where I put all my health tip videos and Eric's got some videos on there. Nice. So people really like the visual and I'm mm. starting to learn that because I'm more of an actual audio guy. Uh, yeah. We are in the process in the next month building a podcast room at my location. So it's oh, going to cool. be better quality, better lighting and things like that. Um, we have really big ideas, man. We're so excited. Uh, big news that's coming up. And then where can you be reached? Um, well, 99% of the time you can find me on Instagram. Uh, that's gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. Uh, I do every so often dip my toes into Twitter, which is mm. a cesspool. Yeah. Um, I was you know, just going to use those words, dude. It's, like it's, it's literally, yeah. you know, I literally know no matter what I post on, on, on Twitter, 
I'm going to get some support and I'm going to get people just attacking me for no reason, but I'm gourmet goes keto on there as well. Uh Um, and then my, obviously my podcast, which is the fat guy forum, um, that can be found on every podcatcher that's out there. And you know, we're, uh, I took a little break the past couple of weeks, but that's a whole long story. Yeah. No worries. We'll be getting back into that. Okay. And you know, that's the, those are the best places to find me. I've got some other resources out there, but you know, Good. And we'll, we'll talk more about them. Again, we have a, you know, at least an hour. One thing we do do is the good man segment. And I want to bring up kind of controversial guy, but someone uh, I think is a good man and I'll explain it. So I have Arnold Schwarzenegger who gets a lot of hate and we'll explain that, but he was first an Austrian military tank driver because his dad, um, he was born in uh, poor Austria. Uh, he went actually uh, to boot camp and went AWOL. So he actually escaped boot camp basically and won a, a European bodybuilding championship. He came back uh, in that co- from that contest and was stuck in isolation for seven days. Mm-hmm. After that, they actually uh, uh, used him for an example for an amazing man. I, I, I went to boot camp in the Air Force. I cannot imagine at the end of my day working out for two hours like he did. I mean, this guy was a ferocious animal. Mm-hmm. Mind you, he did not speak English, but he uh, moved to America and became a real estate millionaire in California. Uh, he became an actor, would take acting classes at night, four hours, because he barely spoke English. His mm. first role was Conan, one of his first roles, because he didn't speak English. Uh, that's one of the main reasons he was in that role. Um, he then married royalty, the Kennedy family, his, uh, one of his first, his first wife, something like that. He was arguably the best bodybuilder of all time. Uh, definitely uh, transformational. One of the top actors as well. I mean, some people make fun of him, but he was in uh, True Lies, Kindergarten Cop, Terminator, uh, again, Terminator, he had like that funny kind of speech because English is not his first language. He became the governor of California. And then obviously he did have poor decisions, right? Where he, uh, well, he banged his maid, right? right and and right. Kids. So obviously, unless they had an open relationship, that was not ethical or integrity. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask Arnold Schwarzenegger for relationship advice, right? I would look up to him for his drive, his business, and how he mm-hmm. is a motivational person. So I think that just because a man or woman makes a bad decision, I don't override their whole life, right? Mm -hmm. Acknowledge the bad thing, but also acknowledge the good things Like we have to be fair. So that is the good man segment of the day. But yeah, bro, I'm pumped. Now we're free. We can talk about whatever. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I like, I like starting with Schwarzenegger because he is, he loves a good cigar. So like that's, that's my my place to connect with him, you know, and I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life too. And if people held those against me forever, I'd be nowhere. Do you want to talk about any of your bad decisions? Anything that comes to mind? Oh, well. How about one that kind of sticks out to you? um, Well, obviously I, I think the worst, um, I mean, I, I think a lot of circumstances in my life brought me to the heaviest weight that I reached. You know, I was 540 pounds at my heaviest. Wow. And when was that so for I, me? That was 2008, 2009. Um, and actually, I was in that weight range probably for five or six years. I was well over 500 pounds for five or six years. Wow. Um, so you maintained, uh, oh, you know, yeah. obviously, that caloric intake and that lifestyle, oh, yeah. which yeah. is really impressive, Gordy, because that's, I mean, just, just I'm just trying to think. I'm not a... I think we, we really need to talk about the emotional connection to food mm-hmm. um, because if you can't heal that, the addiction there, the emotion that it's filling, um, we, can't, we can't heal the, the weight oh, yeah. loss long-term, right? I mean, you were close to 600-pound life. You fell short, though, Gorman. Yeah, you like, fell short. And, and the funny thing is, like, this is where, like, you know, and this wasn't even me saying this is my worst decision, like, but I, used, yeah. I have friends that I used to, we used to joke all the time, like, you know, oh, you're almost in my 600 pound life, you know, 50, you know, 50 more pounds, and you get that sweet TV deal. 
um, you know, it's, what are you taking? You taking Snapchat. Sorry, man. Just a quick Snapchat. Yeah, dude. No, but it's, you're right. Like, it's really like you're, and that's the thing is like, I said to people, like, no one gets to over 500 pounds by accident. And you know, and it might not be intentional. Like it might uh-huh. not be like you, you chase 500 pounds. Like you're not like getting up every morning and you're like, what do I need to do to get to 500 pounds? But there's something that's keeping you eating at that level because at 500, mm-hmm. over 500 pounds, the body is just not meant to be that big. The body's not meant no. to stay that big. So, I mean, and that's why really like when I first started to lose weight for the very first time, it mm-hmm. wasn't an intentional diet. It was poverty. You know, I was, I I had no jobs. The economy was crashing. I had moved cross country. Everything was kind of falling apart and I didn't have money for food. So the the Mm -hmm. big surprise, not surprise, you know, surprise, Mm -hmm. sorry, not sorry. Um, When you're not putting in enough food, you know, you're not putting that much food into a body that's over 500 pounds. Some of that weight starts to go away. You know, it starts to drop off and you might not, you're not going to get thin naturally, you know, like at that point, like, but you know, you, you start to lose weight and you know, that was something you know, that was, and it was also very, because I, I, I think when I, cause your question was about like, it was a bad decision I've made. Like my bad decisions always mm-hmm. were when I would choose to end my diet, you know, weight loss plans or way of eating or change, mm-hmm. change my health journeys. Like I have some pretty spectacular stumbles. Like yeah. I, you know, I, so it was 2009 when I moved back to the East coast. Mm-hmm. I had dropped over a hundred pounds at that point, just through the poverty diet mm-hmm. and I got work and started putting weight back on, of course, because I had access to food again and I lost the job that I had and mm. realized that no one was going to hire someone who was over 500 pounds, who was sweaty just from walking in from the parking lot, you know, yeah. heaving and physically mm-hmm. in awful conditions. So well, you, you'd probably I, still get hired, but there's an instant judgment. And is that fair or yeah, not? But I, I don't no, think, I don't I, honestly, like, I don't, th- you know, I, I it didn't think, help your case, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think you are, unless you're, unless you're such an expert that they, they can't hire someone else, you're, someone else is getting picked. Even and what do you do, going? what do you do for a living or what's your job? Now, doing? at that point, at that point, I was still trying to get back into higher education. I'd worked in higher education oh. for 15 years. Um, what's, what does that mean? Higher education? Is that sure. like I was in, or? No, I was, I worked in college and university settings and residence life and student activities. Oh, okay. So, so I was cool. like a, I was like a dorm director or a student activities director. I was a, mm. an assistant director of a student union, mm-hmm. um, leadership development coordinator, you know, trainer, developer, like a lot of things along those lines. And the problem with higher education is when you leave that field for six months to a year, they mm-hmm. assume that the field has moved on without you. Oh. So I ran into a lot of trouble trying to get back into that field. So I ended up getting a job working in my family's, you know, the, my family business office. They run, a, they run a roofing company at that point. Oh. And... I just came up on a job randomly. My cousin needed some help part-time. I started doing it. And then she realized she wanted me full-time. Mm-hmm. And then that company went under. And when that company went under, oh my gosh. it was when, yeah, 40 years in business and they went under. Uh, oh, when was this? Business. When was this, Gormy? This was probably around 2011, 2011, 2012. Oh my God. Like so 2011 was still, I mean, very in the heart of the recession, right? Oh yeah. Uh, 2008 oh, yeah. hit me really hard, Gourmet. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I went through a really hard time with the recession. I went in the Air Force. I was full of debt. I had a dirt bike that was like a 35% uh, interest loan. I had mm-hmm. a car. I had credit cards maxed out. I came back uh, at, at the Air Force. I got uh, heating, ventilation, air conditioning trained. And they said I would make $30 an hour. I ended up making $15 an hour because I knew nothing, right? I had some right. training. I ended up getting a job with USAA uh, with insurance and banking. I started using mm-hmm. the Dave Ramsey method. 
um, cause I found them online. I just like the steps and I paid off all my debt. And then I just knew that I would never want to feel so desperate for money because that's so stressful. Right. I, mm-hmm. we both have different stress responses. Obviously you Gormy, I think with stress probably had more of a few food connection when I'm so stressed, okay. dude, I shut down. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I just, I don't, I can't sleep. You know, I, I'm agitated. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I can get, get kind of depressed. Um, the food is not even on the, on the, on the plate for me. Right. Mm. There's two different types of people, either stress eat or stress don't eat. Right. Um, right. You know, and I don't know what that is. Again, it's all psychological, emotional. Um, but it's good to recognize that. Cause you went through a tough time, Gormy. I mean, well, it's kind of fun. It's kind of funny because like, I would say, actually, I'm someone that doesn't eat when he's stressed. I'm really like you, oh. you would say, yeah. Okay. Like I think food was such a pleasure, a pleasure and it, and was entertainment in my life mm. that when I would get stressed out that it, my hunger would go away. And that was the only time I, Oh really? Oh, okay. Uh, so different than what I thought, but yeah, like it, okay. it, it was very, very interesting. Like, and so I found myself like we're in 2012, you know, 2011, 2012 needing to make some changes because I knew I wasn't going to get hired. I was rocketing towards my 40th birthday in 2013. Oh, how old are you? You look great. Yeah, I'm 47. Oh, wow. Gormy, you look, you look really uh, good. I mean, I, I, Zoom, you look great. Yeah, I mean, Zoom, you know, I've got a, I've got a couple of filters on right now. How, like, how old do I look? I've got soft lighting. I would say you are probably somewhere in the, the, the 60 to 64 Yeah, age. that's about right. 62. About right. Um, 62. Like I, you're not retiring yet, but you're almost yeah, there. there. Like yeah, the- I watch Fox News every day because I hate my yeah. life and I'm 62. Right. <laughs> you, you, get up, you, pick up, you, you pick up the USA Today that gets dropped on your stoop. You know, you get a yeah, I have a flag outside that says MAGA mm-hmm. because I oh, yeah. just support the president because I don't care. You drink, no, a, just... you, drink, you drink a cup of coffee from the same cup every day, no matter <laughs> yeah, what. No, and, it's, right? and it's a cardboard cup and it's started to get brown a little bit at the top, but you, let, you don't want that cup to be wasted. Like you have a lot going on. Yeah, so I, uh, I love politics. I love all this stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. What made me laugh, I just golf with my dad and I'm just so grateful to golf with him because he's 59 in great shape. Mm. And I call with these two uh, older ladies are in their early 60s and they're so fun. But there's this house uh, right next to each other that have these uh, pool fences and one is MAGA Trump, the next one's Biden America. Oh, and really? It just, makes, it just makes me laugh. They're just like, does it make you feel better that you have a flag on yeah. your gate? Like, does it help you or? And do they, do they throw like a beach ball back and forth at each other yeah. when they're in the pools? Do, like, do they does... like poop in each other's yard or something? Like, oh, damn it, he got me again. It sounds like there's already a lot of privilege at play there already. Oh you know, like there's a lot oh going on. There is, man. Yeah. It's just the West Valley course in Arizona. Oh, yeah. In uh, Phoenix, we have West versus East, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I grew up West Valley. I didn't come from money. Well, um, of course. And uh, sometimes people think I do, which sucks, mm-hmm. right? Because it takes away from your hard work. Uh, I've earned everything I have. I actually don't like being handed anything. Please don't give me a gift. I don't appreciate money unless I earned it. Uh, that's why I think someday I may run for politics because we need more people that just aren't driven by external factors. I'm not, mm-hmm. I genuinely want to help people. And that's what my actions and my, my heart and soul say. Um, that's why I'm doing the health tip videos. That's why I'm putting myself out there all the time on these social uh, media platforms. And my business is not just about making money. It's about actually seeing results mm-hmm. with the patient. Like, I don't care what it takes. Right. I, I believe uh, one of my sayings is, you know, I won't give up on you if you don't give up on me, right? Um, I can't help someone if they're not willing to change. I think that's something right. I have to acknowledge, right? Uh, and I struggle at times. Uh, the urgent care is a good atmosphere, but at times, you know, I get patients that just, they want to believe what they believe and that's fine. Even though mm-hmm. 
my credentials, my personal history, you know, I, I stay in shape because I feel like I'm more accessible as a provider. Um, if I'm thin and lean, strong, happy, wouldn't you want to listen to me versus a cardiologist right. that's 350 pounds, right? Mm -hmm. So either they do know the information and they're just lazy or they just don't know the information. There's two, right. two sides of that. And I think in the healthcare field, we're some of the most unhealthy people in the world. And it's really mm -hmm. bizarre, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but uh, Gormy, so you right. were 540 pounds. What, right. What did you eat? Just give me a regular 24 hour period where you ate. Like, um, mm. So it's funny. I would, I, I was, I very rarely ate breakfast. Like most weekdays. Really? Like okay. Days I, did, I didn't really eat breakfast. I would get up and I would go to the office. Now, what, at, when I was at my heaviest, I lived in the building that my office was in. So my office was oh. probably about 25 steps from my apartment. So it cool. was, yeah, cool. But it also was a, a part of that enabling behavior that allowed me to be 540 pounds because oh, you have to walk if, or move. if I had to get in my car and drive to an office building and walk into an office and do all of that every day, it wouldn't have, you know, being that size wouldn't have been sustainable. You know, it mm. wouldn't have been that easy to be that size, but living and living where you work provides a lot of opportunities for that. And so I would say probably around lunchtime, food would start. I would eat lunch with the rest of the staff, you know, whether we would grab it at the dining hall or bring it back to the office or whatever. And then I would kind of start my alone time eating. Like I would, oh. I would run to a fast food place and grab, you know, like I, I think it's funny, like I, I share these orders sometimes, but like my, my base order at McDonald's, mm -hmm. uh, and this was even a couple of years ago, this was still my base order, but it was the same thing back then. Um, was anywhere from four to six Big Macs. Um, mm -hmm. They're so good, right? Yeah, so and, and back then you could get them um, two for two for $4 or two for $3. They would oh, do yeah. the two for $3 back then. And, but I would get four to six Big Macs. I did have several, several instances where I actually ate eight Big Macs uh, for mm -hmm. fun. Um, yeah, but just I would to get, see, right? Yeah, well, and, and actually the, I remember one time very clearly, I ate, eight, I ate eight Big Macs on the way to dinner with my family. Because I was starving wow. and I was worried that the food, there wouldn't be enough food at dinner. So, I, uh, I heard that I from, uh, I listened to the podcast with you, Anthony and Eric, and it was really yep. touching because I was like, eight Big yeah. Macs, man. It's not, you know, like, so let's talk about, have you ever heard about the snake diet? Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, so there's a guy on YouTube. He was a bodybuilder. He ate McDonald's for 30 days and actually got healthier. Yeah. Now, mind you, how he did it was one meal a day. He yep. worked out and he ate the double quarter pounders, the salad, and the peanut butters, right? right. So when I do cheat, I will get two double quarter pounders from McDonald's. Right. But mm -hmm. the, the composition of the meal is a little bit different, even though the bread's right. not good for you. I get it. You know, the cheese can be arguable, but the, the meat is most of it, right. It's actually high, high quality right. beef out of oh, the yeah. McDonald's stuff. So the, the big Mac is very small patties, oh, mostly yeah. bread. Oh yeah. Right? Mostly bread. That, and that's what I loved. Yeah. That's the part that we was, great. I right? love that it was mostly bread. I used to love to get extra sauce and extra cheese. Um, oh yeah. The thousand so island would, sauce. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I would get four Big Macs, 20 to 40 chicken nuggets, um, two or three large fries. And this was back when they had the actual supersized shakes. So it was oh. when they would, they would put the shakes in the same cup as the large sodas back in the, you know, the supersized sodas. Uh -huh. uh, so I would get a supersized chocolate shake, some apple pies, and then a supersized Coke. And that was my grab that for lunch, eat it in the car, you know, almost eat it in the car before I got home. Mm -hmm. uh, I would then probably eat some more food in my apartment, make a box of mac and cheese, make a couple of cans of ravioli. Um, I would have dinner with, with my staff, you know, with the staff. We'd have mm -hmm. dinner at the dining hall. And then I would go did, back to my apartment and I would cook yeah. dinner. 
Did you eat? What did you eat with the staff? Definitely less, right? Was it more of a self-conscious yeah. thing or no? Well, well the part, like I, I, I ate a lot, but not as much as I would have eaten if I was alone. Mm. And that's the thing okay. that was like, you yeah. know, kind of in that line for me. Like I walked that line between public displays of gluttony and okay, like you can know yeah. that I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to get two cheeseburgers at the dining hall, which is, you know, two times more than anyone else is getting. But it's still I'm reasonable. Gonna, I'm not going to get right. Yeah. I would get reasonable, reasonable mm -hmm. portions of food, like portions that would make people say, "Whoa, you got a lot going on right there," but yeah. not enough that they would be like, "Should we be concerned about what's going on right now?" Like, obviously, they should have been, but you know, I was very much a sneak eater, and that comes from my, you know, yeah. that you know, let's that comes from my childhood. Like, yeah. I I was put on my first diet when I was ten, and wow, what diet were you put on, Gourmet? Weight Watchers. Weight, weight watchers, watchers which is oh, all calories watchers. right blah 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 yeah calories and you had to count like it wasn't points i honestly don't it was like blocks back then i think or something along those lines like it was mm -hmm. a very early version of weight watchers and one of the things that going on a diet that young taught me was that my weight was a shame to my family and my eating was a shame to my family yeah. so instead of stopping that behavior what that did was that drove that behavior underground yeah. and it drove that behavior so then it started to become this vicarious thrill when I could get away with it, you know, when I could sneak mm. eat something, when I could sneak food into the house and eat it in the house, when I could grab a pint of Ben and Jerry's, a bag of Doritos and a 20 ounce of Coke and eat it walking from the convenience store to my house after getting off the bus after school every day, like mm -hmm. it would start to like, it almost started to become a game. Like what wow. could I get away with? You know, how, how far could I push it? What, Gourmet, how did you help that? Like, that was like a trauma, right? I would consider that a trauma. How did you, a oh, yeah. trauma, how did you work on that? Well, it's funny because, like, honestly, it's something that I've, I've talked about a lot, like that behavior. Mm -hmm. But as far as making the connections for where I think a lot of it came from, like, that's been a really recent discovery for me. Like, really, mm, you know, kind okay. of putting that, putting that emotion to it, like putting you know, the, the purposefulness behind it, you know, to mm -hmm. what it was like, I think as far as like how I work on it, like, or worked on any of that behavior was like, I had to, and, and I think it's a phase process because what, what that ended up instilling in me, you know, for years it was shame and hiding. Mm -hmm. And then it started to become, you know, you start to get to the point, you know, food addiction is not something you can hide, you know, really. When food addiction no. is really intense, it's not something that can be high because you wear it on your waistline. That like is true. something, mm -hmm. you know, when you're 500 pounds, no one's looking at you thinking, well, maybe he just eats a salad and has a slow metabolism. Like, hey, can, I, can I give an example? I, yeah. So I've uh, rented uh, two rooms out since I've had this condo. I'm actually getting rid of my roommates currently. And I'm very excited. I'm finally at the point in my life where I make enough where, hey, it's not, I want to be on my own. Nice. But I had a roommate who was a very nice guy and he had a very weird lifestyle. And I lived with him a year. Okay heavyweight he would always be up at like seven in the morning but i was an accountant and whatever and uh, i found out after a year he was using meth mm. I, I knew he had a food problem i didn't know he was using meth it makes sense after he right. says it. Mm. i work with these people i go wow you don't realize how many people are traumatized and how many oh, people yeah. are hiding behind things and like you said this guy hid from me a year he smoked meth amphetamines mm -hmm. which i didn't know was actually very prevalent in the, the gay community he said okay um because it's it causes hypersexual sexual sexuality. Um, it also provides. It's very addictive. It's very cheap. Uh, right. It can help with weight loss. So this, I felt so bad for him. I don't even know if he's alive. I didn't even kick him mm. out. I just like said, "Hey, man, I, I can't have you here doing that stuff." I didn't know. Um, and he left in a very cordial manner. But like you said, I knew he had a weight problem, man, because he right. was you know three hundred pounds. But I didn't know he had a meth problem. So when you mm -hmm. said 
when you said that, you know, you wear your weight, man, that is true. Like you can kind of hide cigarettes. You could kind of hide chewing. I, I smoked and chewed and quit. It was very, very difficult. Um, I, I would mm. rather chew, smoke this my life. I can't, right. I quit right. 10 years ago. I chewed for like three. It was so difficult, man. So mm. difficult. I could chew the rest of my life. I'd be so happy Gourmet, but it's just not worth, you know, oral cancer right. and things like that. But uh, I think addiction needs to be defined more. I think it needs to be not treated as a diagnosis or a life sentence. It needs to be talked about in a manner that you can get better. Right. Right. And that's, and the thing is like, I, I think for me, like one of the, one of the things that happened that I think prevented me from addressing it for years yeah. was I went from seeing, you know, that life I was living as shame to flexing in the other direction. Like mm. if you're not going to like me because of my size, I don't care. You know, I went oh, very okay. much down that so apathy? like, no, not even apathy, more celebration. Like I very really? much went down like that, like fat acceptance route, like mm. very much like, you know, I'm like, the big uh, guy like oh, okay. embracing the identity, like celebrating the identity. Like I said, my Instagram was very much like a sideshow. Like it was a really? display of, you know, that's, I, I have a lot of wild before pictures that I use every, every so often. Yeah. It's, and, it's the, they're great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people are like, you know, why, why do those pictures exist? And I'm like, those pictures are all on my Instagram already. If you go back three years, you go back four yeah, years. Yeah, but who, who goes back that far, Gormy, right? Our well, the, the funny thing is this big. Every, every so often people do. And someone, oh, must really? have the other, someone must have the other day because two of my older posts got reported. Um, oh, for what? Um, there were memes and there was slight human nudity in them. Of really? some kind. Yeah, it was like... Man. Yeah, it's, it's, I literally was like... And, I, and of course, Instagram doesn't show you the post. They just show you like the, the tiny thumbnail. And I'm like, I think I see that. I don't really, really know what that yeah, is. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm dealing with censorship via Facebook right now. Um, I'm not happy about it because I'm, I'm trying to push some pretty important things. My video yesterday was about healthcare abuse and that, mm -hmm. got, that got rejected as an ad. And I'm just like, I'm promoting yeah. healthcare workers. I've been abused. Uh, so many people are very happy I'm talking about it. We're doing a podcast soon about it with uh, another buddy of mine. But nice. um, yeah, Gourmet, I mean, you're just so big, man. Like- I had a patient the other day, we were talking about this earlier, that knew right. you. I go, hey, man, do you know this guy named Gourmet? And this guy's like, oh, my God, I love Gourmet. And, like, you're so motivating to these mm. people. And I go, I think, don't you have 100,000 downloads or something crazy? Uh, my podcast is almost to, almost to 110 now. Oh, my uh, God. So is that just Podbean Gourmet or where are you at? Um, well, I, I'm assuming it's, it's just the listing on Podbean, the, the unique That's downloads it? on Podbean. Oh, okay. So you, are you on Apple and all that? I blah, am. Blah, blah. I am. Like, okay. I don't know what, I don't know what the different stats are. I'm not great you. with that kind of side, that side of technology. Like yeah. I'm assuming I, my, I, my understanding was that the, the stat you get on Podbean is all troll is all kind of like pod crawlers. Okay. So, so what, it's all RSS downloads. How many, um, how many episodes have you had? Um, I'm a little, I'm in the low eighties, in the low eighties. God, you're in the low eighties, 110,000, dude. Yeah. God, dude, how many downloads do you get an episode? Um, it's now averaging up around like 1500, 1600. Oh my God. Gormy, we're, we're at like 50, we get like a hundred downloads per episode. Mm -hmm. And I think we have a good message. I don't know. You know, you, you're famous, bro. Like literally you're famous and I'm so happy for you because this guy that I saw in the, in the clinic, he's losing weight. I'm proud of him. I told him, I said, Hey man, keep up the good work. I had, I actually address patients. I said, Hey, we need to work on your diet. I don't say, Hey, you need to lose weight. I try to be positive about it. And most people are very uh, open to it, but dude, you are reaching people in Arizona that don't even know you. Like 
Well, for, for just so you know, for two weeks in a row, I have cracked the top 50 po- health and fitness podcasts in Qatar and in Sweden. So how does that, I'm, how does that happen? I don't even know. I don't, you get those, you get those weird, what is it, whatever that, whatever that website is that gives you your stats. It's yeah. like, I was, I was, I, I think my highest rating ever in the U S was not that great. It was like two Oh nine or something like that. That's, uh, I mean, it's still something. Yeah. You I mean, it's still great, fun, dude. but yeah. I, I think I got, I had the Netherlands come up every so often. I, I was big in South Africa for a while. Like, I don't oh, okay. know why. Um, you know, it's weird, you know, Qatar, um i think chile for a while as well um what can we talk about so what do you think people are why are they attracted to you going why are you being the sensation well i here's the thing like so like i i we've, we've stuck, kind of gotten halfway into it and i know i've told my story on, on this podcast before like mm-hmm. so i was 540 pounds i got down to 210 pounds in april of 2013 for my 40th birthday Six months later, I gained 270 pounds. In October mm. of 2013, I was 480 pounds. Wow. So I turned 270 pounds in a little over five months. Um, so I fell spectacularly. Like I yeah. had the golden ring. You know, I was there. You know, I had won the prize mm. and I threw it away. And that's, you know, when you asked your initial question, you know, of, of big mistake I've made, like that is one of the biggest mistakes in my life was letting that go. But I got back to that place. And then I went right. to... I was just going to accept life being that way. And I was going to live life. And I was just going to die a fat guy. And I accepted mm-hmm. I was going to die early. Um, I had done, you know, I had some very negative reinforcements going on at that point. Like I had, mm-hmm. I had written a letter for my parents to find by my bed if I didn't wake up in the morning, you know, that's oh, wow. not a suicide note, but, a, but a, a like, note. like a dead note. To I calm guess. them down. Like, you know, yeah. and my idea was like, it would make them feel better to get a note from me that said, Hey, don't worry. I was happy. Yeah. And, and you know what? about it like yeah. when, I, when i put it in context it's selfish it's a it's an incredibly selfish thing yeah. like but, I, but it I, is your life it is your life right. so it is. i'm not like, here to to right. tell you what i'm going to tell you what the information is what the right. best information is like obesity is not healthy for you right um bmi actually works probably 80 percent of the time right. maybe higher 85 but you know obesity you have a way higher chance of dying of covid i shared right. a post that bill Maher was really good yesterday yep. but if you choose to do that and that's the route you want to go. And you want to diet 60 or 65. Right. That is your choice. Same as cigarettes. But do not act like a soda is any different than a cigarette. Right. And don't act yeah. like you're not kind of, you're not intentional. Like I, I never, I never try. And, and here's the thing is like, so I think I never tried to blame my weight on anyone else. I never I like tried. That. I never, you know, every time I flew, I bought two plane tickets. Every time I, oh, you really? know, okay. because I knew that if I bought one plane seat at 500 pounds, I was going to be sitting half on top of someone. And that wasn't fair of me to do that. That is like, very I, conscientious. So it was, it was very much about taking, I, t- I was very much about taking responsibility for my behavior. So when I started my weight loss journey, it was very much also then about, you know, taking responsibility for my behavior. Like, mm-hmm. and I think the thing that attracts people to my story is that I, I've had these spectacular falls, but I've gotten back up again. And I still share the good days and the bad days. Like I try my best. I think sometimes we all fall into that trap of presenting the rainbows and the sunshine and not presenting yeah. the, the, the clouds. But mm-hmm. I do my best to say, I'm having a really bad day. You know, food is challenging me today. Those yeah. demons are back. You know, yeah. I, there's no, I honestly, I 100% believe that they're never, for someone that has been morbidly obese or super morbidly obese, mm-hmm. that the battle ever ends. I don't think it ever mm-hmm. ends. Like, I don't think, I don't think you can conquer food addiction completely. So, I think you can learn coping behaviors. Mm-hmm. I think you can mm-hmm. learn how to 
handle life better. I think you can learn new habits. I think you can learn how to use routine and consistency to be successful. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to be consciously aware of the fact that the moment you let your guard down is the moment that those other things are going to come back and yeah. they're going to attack you again. Well, and you have to be ready to deal with it. Well, isn't life just a battle itself, right? right. It, that's what it is. Like whether it's addiction or food or right. whatever. Um, if I, if I put a dip in right now, Gourmet, um, I'm going to be addicted again. I right. can't do it because I, I, I enjoy it so much. I used to mm -hmm. tell myself that when I chewed, I was like, well, when I die, at least I can, I can chew again in heaven if heaven exists, right? I'm probably more spiritual, but like that's how I justified it. I had to actually join a online forum called mm -hmm. kick the can and I didn't join it, but I just listened to other people's stories in the first hundred days of nicotine withdrawal and you know, the way it affects the nicotinic uh, receptors in the brain. Mm -hmm. um, it's so difficult, right? I do think addiction, the title is overused. Uh, addictive For personalities sure. is, is really rare. Mm -hmm. uh, really. I think just like drug, like, addiction with drugs right we say you're you're an addict forever well yeah but there are people the thing about addiction is this if you if you stop drinking the booze right it goes away i'm not saying right. it's easy but i'm saying it's not cancer where you have stage right. four lung cancer i'm sorry eat a kale shake you're probably still gonna die right so i like to empower people to be like well these these verbiage and these word the wording we use is very important um Having a battle every day just makes sense that, hey, when you have a bad day, you're like, yeah, this is expected. Like, you're not well, going to wake up and just be, you know, me, Gormy. We're just different right. people, you know. But I, I think the thing that comes up, too, is, like, you can live without dip. You can live without yeah. alcohol. You oh, can't okay. live without food. Yeah, that is true. That you, is can't true. Ever, you can't ever stop eating. I, like I mean, you can people fast. but okay. And you can change what you're eating. And yeah. like, I, I'm a firm believer that the type of food you put in your body affects the cravings you have and affects your hunger and affects all those things. Like, what, what do you eat now on a typical day, Gormy? I know you're more um, keto-ish or whatever. Yeah, no, I'm keto, like keto is, is still kind of my home base. Like I would say like, um, you know, on an average day, like now I'm, I'm kind of back in that place of eating two meals a day. You know, I tend okay. to eat two meals so what, a day. What's your eating window? So I would say like, I, I don't, here's the thing. Like I spent a lot of time worrying about like intermittent fasting windows and uh -huh. you know doing omad or doing two meals a day or doing through you know having structure yep. and now for me like i try more every day to eat when i'm hungry so i wait till i'm hungry and then i eat so most of the times okay. that means i'm gonna eat lunch you know i'm gonna eat okay. around noon sometimes okay. i'll have a i'll have a coffee before then that has some collagen or some fat in it you know like something mm -hmm. along those lines like but, a like a Dave Asprey, you know, he's big in the MCT oil, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, like I, I tend to like, you know, I, I don't want to put labels on it because I don't want him coming after us to pay him for using his words. Uh, yeah. His trademark words. But for me, like I just really, I enjoy, uh, especially in this weather, like if I throw some vanilla collagen and some ice cubes into a, you know, a coffee and then throw mm -hmm. some, there's a company that makes some keto creamers, you know, that has yeah. some MCT oil in them and things along those lines. Throw a little bit of that in the blender froth that up with coffee and you've got something kind of cold and you know it's got a little bit of flavor to it and a little bit of body um i usually i tend to to do a, a meal that i consider like br brunch lunch brunch like do some mm -hmm. eggs with some kind of meat maybe a little bit of vegetable maybe i'll save that for a meal later in the day and then you know i try i would say like 90 percent of the food i eat is single ingredient unprocessed food like, I, I think that's really important. Good. Unprocessed, you know? right? That's key. Right. Like unprocessed, I, simple, I, right? I, I think if you have to, 
if you're always having to look at the label on something to figure out what's in it, then it probably shouldn't make up the bulk of your diet. I like that. Like, I like you it. can look at something and know what it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, just, like and it's something like I think uh, someone else I had on my podcast um, who has his own podcast and brand, Matt Vincent, like he talks a lot about single ingredient foods. You know, mm-hmm. I look at that and I know that's a steak. I look at that and I know it's broccoli. I look at that. And I know we, even if you're mm-hmm. someone that eats white rice, you know, it's white rice because you look at white rice. Mm-hmm. But if I'm looking at a keto brownie, what's going, what is making that brownie exist? You know, how is that wizardry, wizardry actually happening? Like what is the chemical storm that has to come together to make that possible? And now I'll, I will say like, there's, there's several companies, you know, that I've even been connected to that put out things like ketogenic breads. Mm-hmm. You look at the ingredients on it and it's like almond flour, cream cheese, eggs, and salt. Like, yeah. You're still looking at like four identifiable ingredients. Mm-hmm. I think when you start to cross that line into having to use an encyclopedia or Google what something is to figure out mm-hmm. what it is, you start to run into trouble. And I'm not saying those foods don't have a place. Like I think the biggest place you have to come to with food is like realizing that everything you put into your mouth is a choice. We're never out of control with food. We make choices under duress. We make choices yeah. for emotional reasons. Mm-hmm. We make choices for the wrong reasons. We make choices for the right reasons. But no one is ever holding us down and pouring anything down our throats. Like we always yeah. end up having to lift it and put it in our faces. Now, now there are, okay, so it's personal responsibility. Yep. I love how you stick to that. But we also yep. have to discuss that when you go to poor areas, right? Right. Where it's usually minorities and things like right. that. They don't have, they don't have access. Right. The idea of a like, food so, desert. The idea exactly. you know, like that there's no, there is no access. You don't really yeah. have choices. Like, and here's the problem with, with, because I think you'll have some people that then would say, well, you just have to control your portions if, if all you can eat is crap food. Yeah, but, but it's, it's still is, well, crap well, food. Right. What I would say is, but what also happens is that food isn't just like chemically processed food. It's designed to be hyper palatable. It's designed yeah, it's to not normal. Hungrier. It's, it's not designed normal. Yeah. to make you want more of it. Like, mm-hmm. so is it, is it fair that someone who lives on a farm and, you know, it goes out every morning and whistles to the birds and, and har- harvests their own eggs? Mm-hmm. you know, has the same opportunities as someone who's in a city and can't get fresh eggs ever. Like, mm-hmm. no, I think, I think it's a great point. Gorman. So it's, it's completely different things. One but, of the highest levels of connection is just empathy, right? right? So personal responsibility is always part of the equation, but to understand if a certain group of people are still seeing the same poor results, we have to understand that, Hey, what can we do to intervene? Right. Mm-hmm. I compare food now to cigarettes. So, and I mm-hmm. think that's good to understand how bad this is. So when right. you have a soda, like a bit like a Dr. Pepper. I think that's equivalent to three cigarettes Mm -hmm. is actually what I would say. We demonize cigarettes when we went from 60 to 70% usage in America to now down to 13%. Mm -hmm. It has gone. That was a great thing. Uh, The food industry is using the same propaganda that big tobacco used. Actually, most of the companies of big tobacco bought big food. So with that, we have to understand, well, you say just eat good portions, right? Like my plate and stuff, just eat good portions of grains. Well, that's like saying having good portions of cigarettes. There's right, no good portions. Right. Oh, for sure. for sure. So I just like the, um, you know, I'm not even but, overreacting with, with stating that, I don't think. But I think that goes, goes back to, there is something to be said about, like you went back and said, you know, there was that guy that lost weight eating McDonald's. Like yeah. he had access, you know, there, there's access and there's education. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different pieces that come, that come into play, like when it comes to food. Like, he, he also just no ate. Yeah, just a double right. quarter pounders. Like that's right. all I eat. Like that's mostly right. you can't. I eat three gourmet. Uh, I'm six right. one, 180 pounds. Um, you know, I eat. I'll tell you what I eat in a normal day. So I don't eat until 2 p.m. 
and I eat between two and eight or two and 10 every day. I start the day with black coffee, black iced coffee. I may have a Jocko energy drink. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Jocko fan. I'm a veteran. Uh, he's a Navy SEAL. It's, it's basically monk fruit and some yep. B vitamins. Very simple. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of cool because it's the first energy drink I could have in like five years of it's healthy. Um, and then like I, God, man, I can go gourmet so easily till 6 p.m. eating one meal a day. It just depends on the day. Today I had a hot dog because after golf, but that was just situational. I usually don't eat from 2 to 10. And it just makes my life easier. I have mm-hmm. more satiety, so uh, satiety, I think is how you say right. where yeah. I'm just satisfied. I'm full. I, food does not control me. I eat food right. for fuel. And then once you get in a groove of eating healthy, man, you, you don't want to eat bad. Like, I love Taco Bell. But if I ate it right now, man, I'd be pooping my brains out. I'd have stomach cramps. I'd have, like, allergic response where eczema would kick up. You know, I'd be more congested. You know, mm-hmm. people need to relate what they're eating with how they feel. and I also still live life, right? I still have a Guinness at night where, you know, I had a, a couple scotch the other day. It was fantastic, man. Like, I just, I've never had the emotional connection to food other than laziness, which, mm-hmm. so, you know, I've just been lazy. I, I grew up very uh, spoiled a bit. My parents always made food for me and I, we got rewarded with fast food. So growing up, I would eat a Big Mac meal plus a Filiberto's burrito. If you know what Filiberto's is. No. You know what that is? Okay, so East Coast, man, you suffer. We have so yeah. much uh, Mexican food out here. It's great. Basically, it's like a, a legit Mexican food joint. It used to be mm-hmm. more authentic. Now it's chain. But a massive bean and cheese burrito, bro, with a Big Mac meal. And this is like fifth or sixth grade, I would eat like this. So I had a fashion metabolism, but which I'm you know blessed with. But I also struggled with the reverse body image issues, right? right. So that's something we need to talk about with men is that I'm 6'1", 180. I still have people call me skinny. Mm. Still to this day, you tell me, Gormy, how that would feel. I am 6'1", 180. I am, my BMI is healthy. I am stronger than guys 50 pounds heavier than me. But because I'm not bulging out of my shirts, right? right that people have this subjective look at me that we don't even know what a healthy person looks like anymore. Mm-hmm. And people that are fat shame me for being mm-hmm. skinny. And I don't call them fat. I'm like, right. how is that fair? Like, and it's not true, right? We don't understand empathy today. And it goes both ways, but sorry, I'm on a rant. I'm just passionate no, it's okay. about it. No, it's okay. I think you're right. Like, I, I think, I, I think the thing that comes into play though is like, there's once your relationship with food is ruined, is damaged, uh-huh. it, it's hard to get back to that place because like I can eat clean every day for a year. And at the end of the day, I'm still going to want pizza and a Big Mac. Really? You know, like I would, I would still want that right now. And I've made choices, like even during COVID, like I've had some slip ups during COVID where I've eaten some really awful food. What was a like, slip up? What was a slip up, Gormy? Um, I've gone to McDonald's. Beginning of COVID, I went to McDonald's. What did you eat McDonald's. there, though? Did you eat something uh, different? I mean, um, what did you get? Uh, what I got, two Big Macs, uh, 20 McNuggets, large fry. But not, not a, you didn't get eight, right? So right. even, I didn't even get your eight. slip up is but, a little bit different, right? But the thing that is like, but then I also went out and ate pizza later that day. Like, oh, okay. It was All like, right. it was very much, it was very much a binge cycle going on. Gotcha. But the thing that's the thing I, the reason I bring it up, you know, isn't because I want to glorify that I did it, but more that my body didn't feel like shit the next day. Oh, wow. My body wanted more. My body was oh. ready for more. Like my really? capacity came back really fast and my body wanted more. And mm-hmm. I think some of us are primed differently to food, whether, and whether that's mm-hmm. through, something genetic, whether that's through years of constant exposure, mm-hmm. you know, whatever has caused that kind of change on a genetic or an epigenetic level, whatever, wherever it's happened. Like, I, I think there's something different that, that ends up happening. And I think there's something different 
also in terms of that mental relationship with food. And I think everyone, you have, you, what comes, and this is where personal responsibility comes back into play. Like, I think we have to be honest with ourselves about what we can and can't handle. Because uh -huh. like I talk, like I work as a coach now with people. Oh, and, how does that work for me? Um, it, well, good so far. It's just started. It's been about a month and a half, almost coming up on two months. Um, is and, it online or is it in person? Yeah, like, what it's, is it's an online, it's an online coaching. Uh, it's through okay. a website called the keto oh. uh, I actually work for the person who was my coach. Um, oh, wow. So can you explain to me the benefits yeah. you get from coaching? Yeah. Like the, for what the benefits I get from coaching. Yeah. Like what you had a yeah. coach, how long did you have one? Like, okay. What did you yeah. See? So for me, coaching came into play because I started with the ketogenic diet in February of 2017. I was 470 pounds at that time. Okay. And I started off doing what people call dirty, lazy keto. Yep. So basically I was just tracking net carbs, keeping it under 25 and I wasn't tracking protein or fat. Now for my two years of doing the paleo diet in 20, mm -hmm. 2012, 2013, I had a pretty solid idea of what a plate should look like. So for me, when I started eating this kind of intuitive keto, I was building my plates the same way. You know, it was fat, protein. I just upped the fat a little bit, like kind of played around with it mentally. Had read a lot of books and kind of was like, okay, yeah, I should use more avocado oil. I should eat more avocados. I should use some olives. Like, let's get more butter going, things along those lines. Mm -hmm. And I got down to 280 pounds uh, in August, September of 2018. So How tall are you? I'm 5'11". Okay. And then how much do you weigh currently? Um, currently I'm probably in the 225, 230 pound range. Okay. So much, much more healthy range. Like you got to feel oh, a yeah. ton better, right? Gourmet. Oh, completely. Completely. How, how do you, and you don't exercise a ton. You're not a big exercise guy, right? You exercise, but you're not I'm like, at a, I'm at the gym six days a week. But are, would you consider you're not a bodybuilder is what I'm saying. You're not, no, I'm not like way. I'm, I'm doing, I'm trying to get stronger, but I, oh, I, do, good. A pull, I do a push pull split and I do some cardio okay. and I do good, active good, recovery good. and like, I, I mean, you're, you're consistent. I wasn't trying to be yeah. negative, but what I'm trying to say is oh, yeah. you're not the guy that goes on steroids in the gym. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. And the thing is like, I'm not one of the things that this is a big realization that I've come to is like, I'm not chasing the stage. You know, I'm good. not trying to, mm -hmm. that's not, you know, lowest weight was 405 pounds. So I'm actually up a little bit from where my lowest was, mm -hmm. but where I'm at right now, I can live without obsession with food and I can Good. be at peace with food Good. and I can be at peace with my body, the way that it moves and what I can do mm -hmm. with it and all of that. Like, so for me, could I obsess and get to a lower weight? I could, I know I can, um, mm -hmm. but I don't feel the need to do that right now because so right this, now what I need is like, yeah. you know, be, to be able to have a little bit of that freedom from that, that obsessive level of things. How, how does the coach, do you coach weekly, bi-weekly? So the way that it works is, so like I started, I decided to work with a coach in October of 2018 because I actually was quote unquote eating keto and was putting weight on. I put 15 mm. pounds back on okay. just by over, overeating keto food. And I knew I needed to start tracking my macros. I knew I needed to start doing something different. I ended up, I was connected to this guy on Instagram. His name's Jonathan Shane, the Keto Road. He reached out to me and he said, you and I were talking about the fact that you're looking for a coach. He goes, I just want you to know that I'm going to start working with Keto Savage and the Deeper State Keto program as a coach. Are you interested? Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I honestly at that point thought I was uncoachable. I told him, I said, I don't think I'm coachable. I'm too much oh, of a wow. smart ass. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm too much of, I rebel against what I'm told to do. All you're that a smart stuff. guy. Yeah. yeah like, I, I like I'm just going to say, no, I'm very defensive. You know, I'm mm -hmm. very defensive. Ask anyone. East um, Coaster, man. You're like right, a Bill Burr. Completely. You're a Bill Burr. Yeah. Completely. I love East Coast. So I started working with him, tracking tight macros, all these things. And we worked together um, from October of 2018 to December 31st of 2019. 
And I fired him at midnight on December 31st of 2019 because I like a little bit of drama in my social media. <laughs> oh, so, that you start the new year off different yeah. or something? So we hit my, my weight goal probably in around October of, of, of 2019. So you fired him. And, Does that mean you're just ready to move on? Like not fired? Yeah, I was ready to not, yeah, it was, it was, I was ready not to work with a coach anymore. And I think okay. any good coach, their goal is for you not to need them anymore. Just like a therapist. And, right. It's like not we, a lifelong thing. Right. It's, it's not at all. Like, table. you know, it, it, there's, there's, there's set goals. You reach those goals. And if there isn't anything else you should be doing together, that's not going to be helpful and beneficial. Why keep, you know, you shouldn't stay in that relationship. Can I announce and, something real quick? Sure. Okay. So, uh, my buddy Gary Roses is an MD. I've had him on the, the podcast and um, I'm starting Frankly New Joints, but that's going to merge with the right. Balanced Life MD, which is oh, a coaching cool. program. So that's going to be more like, how do we optimize people and really change their life? Right. Awesome. We know the medicine side. We're not, you know, he has a more coaching background. So interesting. I'm just interested to pick your brain yeah. and hear like how you're yeah. impacting people. Yeah. So, so I worked with him. We actually worked on mate because I hired him and I said, I don't necessarily, I, I need you to help me get past this stall I'm at, but mm -hmm. I more need you to help me learn about maintenance because I'm great at losing weight and I'm great at gaining weight, but I'm not good at the in-between. So I really wanted someone to help prep me for maintenance. So we spent yeah. months, we spent several months working on that. And so fast forward now, it's 2020. And, you know, I've always had in the back of my head, you know, should I, should I get involved with coaching? Should I not? Like, when am I going to get, when am I going to head to that space? Um, I had some good friends that actually corral me at KetoCon last year and be like, why aren't you coaching yet? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, let's have a real discussion about this. So I, I knew it was something that I wanted to do. I knew these, this idea of these experiences that I've been through. I wanted to be able to share that with other people. Mm -hmm. I also feel like I, I have a unique perspective because there aren't a lot of coaches out there that have been over 500 pounds. No. So there aren't a lot mm -hmm. of coaches that understand, and this is where <laughs> I might lose some people, but who understand the sheer amount of bullshit that someone who's that big pumps out to enable their life. You know, the sheer amount of excuses they make, yeah. the, the way they enable and build their life to support mm -hmm. that behavior. And when they need someone to break through all of that, mm -hmm. someone who hasn't been there sometimes can't. And I honestly, I have some friends that are smaller, you know, quote unquote smaller, mm -hmm. um, that are coaches that have always been healthy and athletes and fitness, fitness focused. And I've watched them work with super obese, super obese clients. And I've seen kind of what is being pulled on them. And I've seen how that reaction, how, you know, because they, they want to assume the best from everyone. They don't want yeah. to think that someone might be lying and manipulating to them. And I'm like, what you don't understand is when you have enabled your life to get to 400, 500, 600 pounds, mm -hmm. you get very good at telling lies. You get very good at telling stories and what lies, to believe you. What lies do you hear in the, in that realm? So let's yeah, say like, super obese, morbid obesity. Well, I'm not, I, I would say like the lies that you hear, are, I really don't eat that much. It's just my oh, okay. metabolism. I really so how do you, that much. how do you come back to that? Well, I think what you do, like really what you have to do is um, you have to let them know at the end of the day that numbers don't lie. You know, that numbers, numbers are, you know, some of these metrics that we track are real, you know, weight is a real metric, you know, yep. this obsessing over the scale isn't a great thing, but when someone's over 500 pounds, over 400 pounds, over 300 pounds, the scale is an important tool when it yep. comes to tracking where their progress. And when I, I sit down with someone and they say, you know, I, I think I've really only been eating like 1800 calories a day, you know, for six months. And so you're putting on weight at 1800 calories a day. So one of two things you're lying or you are so severely metabolically damaged that you probably should be working with the doctor, not with a coach. You know, yeah, you probably, you know, that, like, that would be rare, right, Gourmet? Like thyroid. Right, like it's, it's very, like that's, 
And that's and you can diet yourself into that condition. Like you can you can you can, you can severe you can mess yourself up by dieting. You can affect your metabolic set point. There's a lot of things that you can do to your body, you know, through extreme dieting. But if I then come at you and I say, okay, so your maintenance calorie level should be around 2,600 calories. So we're going to start you at 2,400 calories and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I put that person on a tightly tracked 2,400 calorie ketogenic diet and they start dropping weight. But they were telling me that they were eating 1,800 calories and gaining weight before. Mm -hmm. Something isn't adding up. So you- I'm a provider, right? So yeah. I get I get a lot of lies too. And yeah. I only push it so much because A, I have patient satisfaction, yeah. right? So I have to be careful that what I say, and what I say is coming from love. Only 6%, this is research I did to, for my uh, master's degree, uh, 6% of providers will acknowledge that someone is overweight via BMI, which is actually very mm-hmm. accurate for the average person. And then another 6% will actually recommend something because we have to be careful of patient satisfaction, which is our surveys right. and stuff. We can get in trouble. We're actually refunded mm-hmm. by insurance based on that, which is uh, ludicrous. Right. Uh, a lot of providers are going away from insurance. Another thing too is they lie, right? And at the end of the day, the lie doesn't, the lie doesn't hurt me. The right, exactly. Hurts the person. So right. I, I bring up diet and, and weight loss in a different manner. I just say, hey, what are we doing? You know, what are you doing? What are you eating? You know, I don't ask what diet you're on. I don't even like the word diet. I say, what, what are you eating? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you eating every day? I go, actually, I really want you to aim for more meat. Oh, oh, by the way, not that, more red meat, right? Mm-hmm. And I say, look at me. 80% of what I eat is red meat. And mm-hmm. I feel really good, right? I want right. you to feel better and get some momentum. Because I have to change you from going from Cheerios mm-hmm. and soda, that's, that's sugar-free, which is a complete scam. Uh, we don't understand this, right? So I'm trying mm-hmm. to just turn the cog. You know, Journal of right. American Cardiology just, just came out saying that saturated right. fat is not only not bad for you, it's good for you. What's saturated right. fat warming? That's the fat on the steak. Like right. that's, that's what you want. And all we, all we eat is 93.7 at the, at the grocery store. I go, no, right. you need money, get 73.27. Right. Like, you know, we're changing the cog. We're par- right. it's, like a, it's like slowly changing. Mm-hmm. And then you, then you have this, you know, built in, you can't suppress information anymore, right? You can't. And you have people like yourself that's like, look, I did keto, not I did dirty, which is what I've done, which is mostly cheese and pepperoni and, you know, like trying to make it taste good. But if you do a clean keto, you're going to lose weight, man. You're right. going to feel better. You know, the, it's just, it's just going to happen. Right. And I, and I think with like clients, like, I don't think I've ever sat with someone. I said, I think you're lying. I would never call someone a liar. I would never yeah. say that. Okay. But what I say to a per- what I say to every person, I've had this discussion, you know, I'm re- currently I'm working with, you know, with around six people. Um, oh, okay. I would love, I, I'd love to see that number going up. So if anyone wants to talk, hit me up. Hey, man. Um, yeah, I'll reach but, out. I'll send people your way. But I think like what I say to them is I need you to be honest with me. Yeah. And because here's the thing. I'm not your friend. You are literally paying me to help you. Yeah. And if you're paying me to help you and you're not honest with me, how can I help you? How can I properly help you? I'll, I'll so actually think about fire it. them. I'll fire yeah, like, them as a patient. Think yeah, about it at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. I've said to like, so it's like, so lying, cause I had a client, one of my, one of my early clients say, I'm, I'm surprised I told you that, you know, like they were, they shared something, mm-hmm. a choice they made and they shared it with me and we talked through it and where it came from and all of that jazz. Um, and she said, I'm so, I, I didn't even think I would tell you that. And I said, but it's good that you told me that because think about it this way. Say you have like a severe pain in your side. Mm-hmm. And so you go to the doctor and the doctor says, so t- tell me what's going on. And you say, nothing, everything's fine. And the doctor says, okay, I'll see you later. And yeah. you leave and the pain in your side is still there. 
it's the same thing where if someone is dealing with a challenge with a food addiction or a mindset issue, like I feel like a majority of what I work on, like, yes, I do put together client tailored ketogenic macros. I put together very specifically tracked mm -hmm. macros for them that are based on their metabolic history and with their current weight, their weight goals, making sure that all the other factors are in line, you know, their electrolytes, their water, like sleep, you know, I've got one client right now, like our biggest thing has zero to do with food. It's getting him to sleep. What are you doing, Gormy, for that? Because that, that's, a, that's a systemic problem, right? What are you doing for that? Yeah, like I think it's one of the, it's one of the things, like, and that's why like one of the things that, that, my, that the guy, Jonathan, that I work with and I, we call ourselves holistic health coaches because Good. we're not just there to help you lose weight. We're here to, to realize that all these different pieces of your life, this whole picture of your life impacts your health in a mm -hmm. lot of different ways. Yep. So one of the things that this, this, this person has realized is when they get more than six and a half hours of sleep, of restful sleep, mm -hmm. they see movement on the scale. Yep. When they get four hours of sleep, they gain weight. And yeah, so you want me to you want me to talk about the science? Yeah, no, go ahead. Again, I'm I'm a nurse practitioner, so I go through the science. But again, I'm more like mid level is what we're called. Some some nurse practitioners, physician, physician assistants get angry at that. But anyways, we're mid level, kind of middle of the road. I talk more yeah. bedside, right? So patients understand this high level stuff. I can talk to a neurosurgeon, and then I can also talk to a person with a third grade reading level because we gotta come in the middle right? Got to come in the middle. So when it comes to sleep, if you get four hours of sleep, your ghrelin and your leptin are, are jacked up, right? So your hunger is uh, increased, right? I felt that when I used to work night shift, I could, I had a less con control. Um, your HGH is lower, your testosterone is lower, your cortisol is higher, chronic inflammation. Sleep is so key, Gormy. I get seven to nine every night, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and that's a huge, huge benefit. Um, yeah, like, I, I love that I you on that. I think that every adult, even if they didn't change one thing about food they were eating, mm -hmm. if they drank more water and got more sleep, they would see benefits. You know, How like awesome it, is that, man? Yeah. Like you're, you're looking at the whole picture, right? Right. A like person is a multifaceted organism. We right. need multiple things to actually have productive long-term change. And that's why I think like when you reach out to someone like you're, so say you're in the market for a coach and you're looking to work with someone. If the first thing they do is they tell you that they're going to send you a PDF of the exact meal plan you should eat every day, I'd be very wary of that yeah. because that's probably the same meal plan they're sending every person. You know, and maybe they tailor it a little bit based on the amount of weight that you're losing, mm -hmm. but it's a cookie cutter. Like you want someone to work with you who's going to help you, who's going to meet you where you're at mm -hmm. and is going to realize like, especially like, I think this is just so important that like for the people, for someone that's morbidly obese or super morbidly obese, it's not just about food. It's not just the food. No, that's a play. no man. It's, it's so part much of the more problem. going on. Right. It's food is a, their relationship with food is like a, is a visual example of the problems that, that are going on, but does it come back down to like, and so that's why one of the biggest things I work on with my clients is defining why they want to get healthy. Like, why oh, is this important good. to you? Mm -hmm. And because I think initially, like when you ask someone that question, why do you want to get healthy? They're going to say, well, I want to, especially if you're dealing with someone who's very overweight, there, I want to be able to fit in chairs. I want to be able to fly on a plane. I want to be able to buy a nice clothes. I want to be able to go on roller coasters. I think those okay. are the big four that you would hear. Okay. I, if someone says that, that, says that to me is their why, I would immediately say, okay, but why do you want to buy nice clothes? Why is nice. that important for you? Nice. Because that is really not their why. Like mm -hmm. the why no. of wanting to fly on a plane. And I, had so, and I had one of my clients who, you know, I'm not going to give away any other personal information, but the plane was one of the things that came up for them. Mm -hmm. And I said, 
well, why do you want to travel? And you know, why is flying important for you? Why is flying comfortably important for you? And it, what it really came down to was she believes that her weight was preventing her from accessing life, you know, accessing life and the opportunities that life provides Mm -hmm. because of all these extra steps that were involved and all these extra challenges and realizing that her why was really more about wanting to live a life that wasn't impeded by her Mm -hmm. body and by her choices. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think, and there's an activity actually out there called like the five whys. It's you ask yourself why, but why five times after you ask the why. Gormy, can I give a quick uh, spiel on obesity too? So a big thing with my 600 pound life, there's a big yo-yo effect, right? Because if you don't fix the underlying issue, like Mm -hmm. if you're 600 pounds, 500 pounds, there's an underlying thing going on, right? So a big thing with them is that a lot of them have been sexually abused or abused and they can go from 600 to 200 or 150, be healthy and right back up. But if you never heal the sexual abuse, uh, that food will come back up. Uh, I've dealt personally with PTSD. Like, you know, I, I don't like, I like to say it. People give me like, Oh my God, you have PTSD. And I'm like, well, it's gone. And if you understand right. what I dealt with day to day, you would have no idea. I had cognitive dysfunction related mm-hmm. to PTSD and, and it was hard to live life. Um, I, I've used EMDR. Now I did a little hypnosis. Uh, I'm going to do an episode with my hypnotist. Oh, nice. some, of some of it sounds a little hokey, but it was amazing. Uh, right. The power of the mind and healing wounds. A lot of people, Gourmet, are carrying around these wounds mm-hmm. all over. Yeah. And I'm a wounded healer, it's called. And I'm able to see within the first like few minutes that someone is carrying something. I can tell you that I'm not saying I'll get to it, but I had an explanation recently where a patient came to me and she was bipolar type one. So I go, okay, so manic, depressive, up and down real hard. She comes to me saying she's not eating. And I go, what do you do with that? It's a horrible complaint because they're like, okay. Mm -hmm. And no physical complaints. It's a somatic symptom related to psychological. So I go, okay. I go, I care about you. And I want to say, you know, are you taking your meds, blah, blah, blah. She, she's been inpatient twice or whatever. I said, are you suicidal or not? No. Okay. So I go, and I did a long history just to make sure it's nothing physical. So I go, it's not your thyroid. It's, you know, your heart, your vital signs are fine, blah, blah, blah. And then in 10 minutes, I find out she was sexually abused at the age of five. And I find that out because I asked the question. And the next thing I'm supposed to do, I asked, were you physically, emotionally, uh, or sexually abused? She says, yes. I said, what age? Five. I said, you want to talk about it? Because she, if she doesn't heal that mm-hmm. abuse from five years old, which I'm not the expert on, I can just help you find it so then you can find help. I don't even know if she's bipolar, Gormy. I just think that's mm-hmm. a byproduct of that sexual trauma, mm-hmm. right? And we need to find the five whys. I don't, I don't put up with these superficial answers. Mm-hmm. Like you found out that someone is afraid to get on the plane. Okay, well, you're afraid to get on the plane. Well, why? Because you want to be shamed. Okay, well, why? Where are you trying to get to? Right. You're trying to get to see your family that you love and want to see them. You know, something like that. That's really the core, oh, yeah. right? Something like that. And yeah. as a coach, you're able to do that. Right. You have to dig. You have to, and you have to challenge. And some people don't want to. Like some people want to keep it very surface level and don't want to dive deeper. And sometimes you have to say, okay, we'll come back to it. And sometimes you have to say, no, you're trying to lean away from this adversity. Yep. You're trying to lean away from this, 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 this pain. So let's lean towards it a little bit because now you're working with someone to help you lean towards it. Like, let's, mm-hmm. let's dive into this a little bit and talk about where this is coming from. And I had one person who was like, I, I can't, you know, answering, you know, telling you what my why is, I can't answer that question because I don't feel like the answer is good enough. The one I'm going to give. Oh, okay. And I said, well, why don't we just talk about what your answer is right now then? Like, let's talk about what it is when you, when you hear that question, what's the first thing that comes into your head and let's find out what that means. And like, mm-hmm. 
what feels untrue about it? Like, what is that? Why do you feel like it's not a good enough answer? Like, let's explore that instead of just letting it be, I can't answer that question. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think some, part of part of good coaching, you know, in this this area is help. Like you said, there's trauma that people have dealt with and there's there's challenges and there's coping mechanisms and habits that people have built to enable their behaviors and protect mm-hmm. those wounds. And, you know, it's it's helping Sometimes, and this is one of the things that I think is really hard for people that have a lot of weight to lose to realize is it's not about waking up every day with motivation and drive. It's not about waking up every day saying, I'm going to lose this 200 pounds. You know, I can do this. I can 100% do this. It's waking up every day saying, I know what I need to to do today to move me closer to losing that 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. And even if I don't want to, I'm going to do it. And even if I'm angry about doing it, I'm going to do it. You commit to doing, even though you might not completely understand why you're doing it or where that motivation is coming from yet, or you feel like there isn't motivation. Because sometimes it's that repetition of behavior and that building of consistency and building of routine that then allows you to access that, that deeper why, that allows you to understand where it comes from. Like I have a friend who, he very much strongly believes in this idea that every person that's weighed above 500 pounds is dealing with some severe trauma at some point in their life, whether they're conscious of it or not. You know, And at some point they have to be able to ask themselves, why did I get to 500 pounds? But he believes, you're not going to be able to really answer that question until you're not 500 pounds anymore. Like when you're in that place, you can't necessarily answer that question of how you got there. Like you need to get out of that place before you can actually look back and have perspective on what that place meant to you and why you were there. And what was the, th- what were the things that were enabling you to stay there? And I, you know, there's a part of me that says yes. There's a part of me that says no. Like I think there's always a different answer for every person, mm-hmm. but I think there's something to be said about the fact that I think it's important for every person that has dealt with, with a, with a weight issue and with a food addiction issue, whether with a severe obesity problem to at some point want to get an answer to that question mm-hmm. to at some point want to, and maybe they don't, maybe you never find the exact answer. You never find exactly what is going on, like the exact root answer, the root cause of why everything happens. But it's that desire to want to understand what behavior led you to 500 pounds or me to 540 pounds that gives me a greater sense of, of what I'm actually still doing and what I'm working towards and where I'm at now and gives me perspective on where I'm at now and that I don't do those things anymore. And I don't, I'm not the same person that was there. You know, I'm, I'm physically obviously the same person and emotionally the same person in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but I've built different behaviors and strategies in my life that allow me to live a different life. And if I don't ask, keep asking those questions is mm-hmm. when you start to get comfortable and you start to allow things to change, you know, change back. Like, because there is that propensity to slide back. There is that propensity to go back to what's comfortable because it will always be comfortable. It will always be something that comforts me. Food will always be something that comforts me. Mm-hmm. I have to continue to make the choice to have a different perspective on it. And Gourmet. when I give up that perspective is when I can run into trouble. Mm-hmm. What's your, what's the structure of the coaching program? Is it once a week? Sure. Like an yeah, hour the, long the, session? The way, the way it works is, um, so when someone signs up, we, we do a little bit of pre-planning, you know, to get, the, get them set up with mm-hmm. what their macros are going to be and all of that. And that can take anywhere from 24 hours to a week, you know, to, to know where someone's at before we get them onboarded um, mm-hmm. completely. When the, when the coaching is actually going on, we will um, have daily contact. We use Slack um, as a communication device. What's you know, that? Is, Slack is just a communication app. A lot of businesses use it. It allows you to have private channels to talk. Oh, okay. So like HIPAA, HIPAA based is HIPAA part of that or no? No, no. Or, it's oh, just, okay. Yeah. It's just a, 
it's just a communication. Oh, okay. It's just communication software. So it's just better because it's it's organized. It's there. Yeah, and patients it, feel and comfortable it, using or people, clients, whatever you call and it. And it's also not. I have that app on my phone, and I get notifications, but they're not having to call my phone and text me. You know, I'm not. That is that. nice, right? Because that, that information is separate. You know, like yeah. my work with them is separate from personal. I do. Stuff, I do like that because those lines. you're not their friend. Right. You know, and right. that's not a bad thing. It just means like you're there to help them. Right. right. You're not, you're not their best friend. That's like, Hey man, I want to help you lose five pounds. No, right. no, no. This is, this is like my goal because right. you take it personally, Gormy. I know you care mm -hmm. a lot. You take it personally if they're not successful, right? There's a point oh, to yeah. like, Hey, I'm going to do everything I can. Just like me as a provider, man, yeah. I will do everything I can. I'm not ever going to give up on you. That's why like, I won't give up on you as long as you try, like, and don't lie to me. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll eventually find out you're lying or hiding things. I'm like, well, I'm not the provider for you. If you need someone that's going to blow smoke up your rear end, you can find those. They're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Just like coaches, if you want to give, if you oh, want to give sure. your money for no reason, there's plenty of them oh, <laughs> like, yeah. all over. Oh, yeah. I would say there's more of them than the good ones. And oh, sure. just like anything in every modality, um, you know, I've done acupuncture, I've done chiropractor, I've done so many different things, man, because I just want to try. I've done hypnotism. You have to find the best ones in the right. arena. Same with coaches, right? There's so many life mm -hmm. coaches that their life's a mess. Right. Like, Gormy, if you go to 500 pounds, man, you better not be coaching. Right? right, like right. you're oh, you're yeah. leading this example. Like, hey, mm -hmm. I'm battling with you. I'm mm -hmm. in it with you. My heart and soul's in this. This is my, these are my struggles. That's why you have right. 1,500, 1,600 people in the world listening to you. Hopefully, 10,000 eventually, man. You need mm -hmm. to make money from this, not to make money, but to be able to help more people. Because mm -hmm. obesity right now, we're the second most obese country in the world. We have one third of the population is pre-diabetic. Diabetes mm -hmm. alone will destroy the country. And right now, that's why we're dying of COVID. Right. If you have diabetes, you have a seven times higher chance of dying of COVID. If you have obesity, a 40% higher chance of an adverse outcome of COVID. Like, there, we are being slapped in the face mm -hmm. with our own problem. Right. You know, is COVID the issue or is it really these, these underlying root problems of America right. that are being exposed by the black light we call COVID? Oh, right? for sure. For sure. And... I, I do want to finish talking about what coaching is like though, because we were. Yeah. Yeah, that. dude. Sorry, man. Like, I, that's okay. You know, I do want to get, so we have daily contact, daily communication in terms of messaging and uh -huh. that can be, I initiate, I initiate a check-in, but, uh, and sometimes it's about quite, you know, I said, we, what we do also do, let me, let me try to not sound like my words are jumbled. Yeah, so we yeah. have daily, daily check-ins through there and that's a place they can ask questions. The thing I really like about having a Slack channel with them, is that they can then search their answers. So if I talk to them about something or give them a resource, they can go back and find that easier than you can in a text message as well. Um, okay. So if I send a link or a PDF or something along those lines. Um, so we have that daily, that daily communication. We also have a, a Google sheet that we share. And the Google sheet is where we track their daily weigh-ins, their macros are there. We talk about their activity challenges. Uh, with some people I track water and sleep. With some people I track other metrics. That, they, that we identify together. We'll work on that a lot, a lot together. Is like, what are your goals? What do you really want to work on? What are the obstacles that you're facing? So what are the big things that we should be tackling together? And we use this shared sheet to be able to, one, they have to, they have to report it every day. And it allows me to check in. It, mm -hmm. it also then gives me some information and some data points when it comes to, I do weekly, weekly updates of their macronutrients um, and their calorie needs. Um, for some people, that means there's a change that happens every week. For some people, there isn't a change. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that we very firmly believe in is this idea of metabolic flexibility and reverse dieting. So we're going to take people's calories down, but we're also not going to hold you too low for too long. We're going to bring you back up. 
And we're going to explain why it's important for you to lower and raise your calories sporadically and keep your body, you know, a little bit more uh, responsive to the amount of food you're putting into it. Because when a person does reach their eventual, the eventual quote unquote end of their weight loss journey, we don't want them being like people that are on the biggest loser that ate 900 calories a day for so long that now 1200 calories a day is too much for their bodies. Like you don't want to deal with that kind of metabolic problem. Like, so we deal with, you know, daily check-ins through Slack, um, daily check-ins on their Google sheet. Um, we'll talk live. Uh, we'll do phone calls, one-on-one -on -one phone calls at least once a week. When I'm getting someone started, we're usually doing two or three a week, uh, depending on what we need to talk about. Hmm. Um, and then they also know that they have access. So if something comes up where there's a challenge that they didn't expect, or they're in the middle of a situation, I've had new clients, uh, start sending me, you know, messages from the grocery store, their first time doing a quote unquote healthy grocery shopping. And they're trying to decide what to buy and is something good or something not good. And I also had a client who she was going to look at all the old food she used to eat. And she was just sending me messages. Oh my goodness, this is not really food. I used to eat this all the time. And there was nothing on this label that indicates this is food, like looking at little Debbie cakes and sugary cereals and things like that. Like, so we have, we have that constant channel of communication and responsive need if it's there. Um, we do during those one-on-one -on -one phone calls, we, we do a lot of work on mindset and goal setting. We talk about their why. We talk about what their challenges are for the week ahead, what the challenges were for the week that went through, and just try to keep them, you know, working on the things that are important to them. I've got some clients where the important thing to them right now is not just their weight loss and their macros and things along those lines, but they really want to broaden their, their education, their knowledge when it comes to like ketogenic foods and things along mm -hmm. those lines. So I send resources to them. We discuss articles and YouTube videos and podcasts and things along those lines. And then I've got clients that really want to work on, you know, more of the mental challenges that are coming up for them. And so we every week do a kind of a check, a barometer check in about where they're at and where's their stress level. And what are the things that came up that they weren't thinking about? And what are the things that are going to change for them this week? And there's, you know, it's, it's very much tailored to be what the person needs, um, but also has enough structure so they know what they're actually getting out of it, you know, what they're getting and they can have some kind of metric to, to, to track themselves to feel that they're getting what they're, they're paying for at the end of the day. And um, do you, let's, let's discuss. So how you have six clients currently, is that correct? Right now. Yeah. So obviously it's individually tailored. We don't know how long it'll take depending on the person, how long they want yep. you to be there. I mean, cause you're walking alongside them in their journey, mm -hmm. kind of like a personal trader, but a coach in life, I guess. How many clients can you take on, you think? Because there's probably, there's got to be a limit. Um, I, in, I've done a lot of research into like, I have a lot of friends that are coaches, you know, especially oh, okay. in the Peter sphere. So, like, uh -huh. so I kind of like did a lot of talking about like, what, what is the level you need to get to to kind of be able to do it full time? Like, where do you need to, to, to cap it at? Like, for me, um, one, I don't want to grow it so fast that I lose track of what I'm doing with all the people I'm working with. You know, I, I like want to make sure that I make sure that, I'm rising to meet them where they need to be. Um, ideally for me, I would love to see myself somewhere up in that 25, 30, 35 client range. Um, but at that point, that's my full-time job. That's the work that I'm doing all the time. I'm not trying to, you know, have another position somewhere and also work with, you know, 25, 30 people. Um, it's something mm -hmm. where it's gotta be something where, um, what I can put in. It's, it's not about taking on clients for the sake of money. It's not about taking on clients for the sake of having another dollar in my pocket. It's about wanting to make sure that I'm giving every client the same amount of service that they deserve and the same amount of effort from me that they deserve. And I don't want to 
burn myself out by, by growing it so fast that I haven't built the systems in place that I need to support that. I like but that. Also, mm-hmm. um, I also don't want to underestimate you know, the power of building, you know, this being able to kind of put myself into like one of the, one of the things that actually has just come up for me. Mm-hmm. It's funny at the beginning of the episode, you called me the East coast guy. Um, in probably five or six weeks, I won't be the East coast guy anymore. Um, oh, why? I'm moving to California. Wow. Um, Let's make yeah. California. That's kind of expensive. What, what's yeah. Going? Yeah. So my sister lives in San Diego. She's been there. Oh, I love San Diego. So I'm going to be moving in with my sister. Um, oh, do you know the low carb MD? Do you know her? Yeah. Kristen yeah. Bear. Oh my God. I love her. Dude. She's a, she's such a sweetheart. Anyway, she's in San Diego. No, there's a lot of, there's, I've had a lot of the guys that are on my podcast are in San Diego. Oh, okay. Diego. Cool. So really yeah. About that. This is but, expensive, but other than that, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's very expensive, but basically, I mean, not to, not to go down the dark pressing road, but it uh, killed my career. It killed my job. Um, it, oh, really? It, yeah, I, I, I've been working for five years uh, with a company and basically COVID took that away. Oh, um, wow. Dude, you, had, just, you just, uh, you're, you're a freaking survivor, man. Yeah. You, you so, are building something else. So, it's so awesome. what I'm trying to do is like, I'm, I'm pushing myself into a new environment yeah. so that I can kind of put some focus on building you know, what I want to build here. Well, I'll send you, know. you I'll send you clients. I mean, dude, no, whatever. Definitely. I appreciate yeah. that. So how do they um, reach you at the coaching keto road? Sure. So right? it's, it's the keto road.com slash coach dash Mike, or they can okay. literally just go to my Instagram and DM me or okay. on my Instagram profile is the links to everything. You, know, do you want to talk about how much it costs at all, or that you can just visit there and talk. Um, about I, th- I think it, I'll be honest with you. Like it, it's, yeah. I, I think we're, we're, we're very much, you know, we're, we're, what you get from us is, is valued at what you pay. But yeah. I think sometimes talking money, you know, kind of scares turns people, turns some people off. Like okay. then just I would go to want, the website I'd want them. I want, the, the prices are all there. The values are there. Yeah. Okay. And you go can also website. compare it to what other people are charging. You can look yeah, at so, that, you know, what you're actually getting from yeah. us and what you're paying for, um, what it actually ends up being. That That's sense. the thing we, we talk about money in a weird way, right? So if right. you, if you offered it for free, just like my health tips, I, like right. I'll help people. I give advice for free and stuff like that. I try to help, but there's a, there's a reason, right? My time is valuable. Right. Um, you know, there's liability, things like that. And then also when I start my business, like, you know, I'll, I'll give some free evaluations, but to pay for true change, whether for me, I'm going to be focused on stem cells, things like that. You're going to have to pay because this actually works, right? right? We have this entitlement when it comes to healthcare where I have insurance, but well, I'm not taking insurance because it dictates my care. It raises right. the costs. It, it causes me to spend more time with administrative issues, things like mm-hmm. that. I'm going to give you the best price for the best quality as right. well. Right. Um, and what's cool about coaching is you're not dictated by the medical realm. You're not right. dictated by the liability. You're, di- you're just here to help man. And like your results, your life story, your, your compassion and care speaks for itself. For sure. And I mean, I look at like, I've, I've got clients that I've just started working with that are down over 20 pounds already. Like, perfect. That's you know, it. like, and mm-hmm. I've got clients that aren't down that many, but are That's making okay. breakthroughs in other areas. Like mm-hmm. we work on perspective about your health. We work on what's important and realize that your individual pace isn't about someone else's individual pace. And we're not a, um, it's, it's not a, a summer shredathon. It's not, work with me for 30 days and lose as much weight as you can. No, it's not a juice cleanse or something. I've had had people reach out to me and say, I'd like to hire you for a month because I want to see how much weight I can lose in a month. And I say, well, okay, but just so you know, that first week is really about figuring out where your metabolism is at. So there's a chance Mm -hmm. you're not going to lose any weight the first week. And they're like, wait, what? I might not lose weight the first week. 
Gourmet, I mean, do you ever work? Because um, you, you know, having the the medicine side, do you ever yep. like say work alongside in that world? Like I interviewed Dr. Stephen Hussey. He's a functional medicine type guy. Like, do you ever work alongside a practitioner sometimes, or no? Um, I haven't yet. Like, I'm 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 open to that idea. Like, I have clients where I've I, I talk to them a lot about seeing their doctors and the importance mm-hmm. of that, especially if they're someone that has you know, is seeing blood sugar issues or things along those lines. Like I want a person to be healthy. I want a person's health to be taken care of. You know, mm-hmm. I had a client that had a specific health situation come up and one of this person's responses was, you know, I don't know if I can follow X, Y, and Z until I get, I talked to my doctor and I said, mm-hmm. I don't want you making any choices you're not comfortable with until you talk yeah. to your doctor. The other conversation I had with that person was about advocating for yourself with your doctor and mm-hmm. realizing that, you know, it's okay to say to your doctor, I need you to explain this to me. I need you to explain, you know, why this recommendation is happening or why that recommendation is happening. But I I think that's important. It's not something I've done yet, but I do. I very much like I'm someone who like, and and you could go back and you, if you listen to my first interview um, on your, on this podcast with it. I have, I've listened to both at times, but like, I I think I probably talked about, you know, my hospitalization in 2018. Oh yeah. Um, What they fed you and stuff. Yeah. Like the food and shit. But also it was the fact that I hadn't seen a doctor in 25 years when I went to the hospital. Oh yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I was, I had a a real severe phobia of doctors and it, it took me almost dying. Like I was hours away from dying before I agreed to go to the doctor. Like, and that changed me in a lot of ways. Like I went mm-hmm. from not seeing doctors to I was hospitalized for 17 days. I had blood drawn three to four times a day. I was being wheeled down for different tests every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I was being woken up by things happening all the time. Yeah. I had roommates in the hospital over the holidays that I, there was a gentleman who was my, my roommate in the hospital who they found him in his home and he has short term memory issues, mm-hmm. broke his back but he doesn't know how. And every time he woke up, it was, he didn't remember that his back was broken. So he would go to move and mm-hmm. feel the pain of his back being broken and scream. And I dealt with that for 48 hours. Um, that was very interesting. Oh. Him, him, you know, like it's it, the, it, the things you see, and I know you, you work in medicine, you know, the things that you can see, but yeah, like, man, I've, uh, I learned, I've seen some traumatizing things. For yeah. Sure. Like I learned a lot of things about medicine. Like, you know, I started to see a pulmonologist and a cardiologist. I found out that I had a heart attack at some point in my past and didn't know it. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, all of these things, I, I thank God that I'm still alive. Like I look at, you know, all that I came through. So now my feelings about doctors are very different. Like I think partnering with your doctor is really important. I think being mm-hmm. an empowered patient is really important. Yep. I, and I think, and I don't think it means going in with a headline to your doctor and being like, I saw on the internet that they said to do this and I want to do this instead of yeah. doing this. Like, but it does mean going in saying, and you're, the first thing your doctor does is, runs a cholesterol panel, gets your results and says, we're putting you on a statin right now. It's okay for you to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to know exactly what test you did. I'd like to know why you're recommending a statin. You know, have we looked at particle density? You know, I don't feel like you're interpreting my results properly. Like, can Mm -hmm. we talk about what other options there are? It's okay to say, and it's also, and I don't, you know, like, it's okay to say no to a doctor. And I think we're trained Mm -hmm. to not say no. Like, that doesn't mean that I'm saying refuse medical treatment and go AMA or anything like that when you're in the hospital or the emergency room or anything like that. But I think it's okay to say, I need to think about this, or I need to make a decision, or I need some more information. Like, I need to feel more comfortable with what I'm doing. Like, especially if you're someone who, like, considers yourself to be empowered about your health, you're not going in there ignorant to everything that they're going to say. You're Mm -hmm. going in there with wanting to have enough information. And if you're not comfortable with the answer you're getting and you need more information, get more information and be okay with saying to your doctor, 
you know, I, at the end of the day, I pay you too. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm paying you, like, you know, my money is going to you. Like, I need you to explain this to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen people, I've had doctors say to me, like, we're just going to, we're just going to be giving you this, this, and this. And I would say in the hospital, I need to know exactly what this medicine is and why you're giving it to me. Like, and mm -hmm. I want to know why, like, I want to know exactly what this is. And they were like, that, that's good. You know, well, right. people and don't like, care. So they don't even right. ask, they don't care. So I'm not going to spend that's, the time it, when they don't care. And I also, and I also know, and I know you know this, like, especially when it comes to like weight loss and weight issues and diabetes and things like that. Doctors see so many people not following medical advice and not following health advice and not oh, dude, it's, it's, uh, defeating. You know, who, it's defeating. It's like they leave, they, the doctor sits down with them, talks about a healthy eating plan and they say, I'm going to do it. And they come back in two months and they've put on more weight. Like, did you know, we, the, did you know, we are, uh, we get in trouble, right? So like even diabetes, we have markers. If we use insurance, we have markers that if we don't hit these goals, uh, mm -hmm. that we are not funded as well, right? We're not re oh, yeah. reimbursed. And we can give all the education we can, but the patient won't listen. And then we're, right. we're at trouble. You, the health, the best practitioners are not going to be using insurance anymore. Right. And what's going to happen is the medicine medical field is already socializing. Okay. Uh, on its own, right. You're going to have the public hospitals that take Medicaid, Medicare, Medicaid being, you know, for the uh, indigent or, yep. or poor and, um, less resource and then you have Medicare, right? But they dictate so much of the care with the, the charting and the BS and the reimbursement of patient satisfaction. Like I'm not gonna even deal with that because I can't even really help you. Um, right. I can be anti-statin. Let's, let's, I'll be devil's advocate a bit. A statin can help, but if you're 500 pounds, man, I'm just trying to keep you away from a stroke and heart attack. So you right. should be taking a statin at the moment, but we can get you off of it. Right. Let's lose the weight, let's get you off. Now, does a statin even work on cholesterol? Arguably, no. Maybe it actually works right. on CRP. We've talked about that and stuff like that. Is it the cure? No. But a lot of practitioners are opening up like, hey, look, man, I don't want you to be on metformin. Uh, it's actually been used for anti-aging and stuff like that. It's not a cure. But let's start here. Let's get you off. Like, right. I don't want you to take a pill a day, but you have to work with me. Most patients, mm -hmm. God, they, they just don't want change. And dude, as a practitioner, right. you go into this field and like try to make a difference and you just see people and I know they're not going to change. So I'm just like, why am I going to talk right. to them till I'm blue in the face. Um, well, some are disrespectful even at times. Uh, and I'm like, I guess you're the expert. That's fine. Like, that's fine. I don't, I don't really, you know, I can't care about your um, lack of care for yourself. Right. And I completely like when I was, when I was out of the hospital and recovering, I had to still see a pulmonologist. And every time I saw him, he, he knew my heaviest weight. He knew the amount of weight that I've been losing. He knew that every time I went to see him every month, my weight was coming down he would recommend weight loss surgery every time I saw him. Really? Every time. And I'm and glad you fine. didn't do that, Gourmet. Oh, yeah. You're, you're so impressive and, not doing that. And, and I know people that have, you have to do just as much work. Like, you're, it's, it's a lot not, of work. Yeah, it's a lot of like, work. And you're, and you're permanently rearranging your biology forever and dealing with things that you're going to deal with forever. Like, yeah. So that's a, whole, that's a whole other podcast we could that's, do. That, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that another that's time, Gourmet. That's a, that's, a whole, that's a whole other topic. I think me and you well, could the, talk for two the, out, five I hours think so. if we wanted. Yeah. I think so. The, the point with the pulmonologist was I said, I finally said to him, I need you to stop recommending weight loss surgery to me. Good I don't, you. I don't want you to do that anymore. I'm like, you do it every time I come in here. And he said, yeah, but you know, you're doing great losing weight. Why don't you consider having weight loss surgery when you hit your goal weight so you can keep the weight off? Um, and so I was like, we're not going to do that. I don't, again, I'm telling you, I want this conversation to stop. And he good. finally got this look on his face. Like he was like the kid, trying to make sure the parents weren't listening. 
And he says, (laughs) he goes, I'm required to recommend weight loss surgery to every patient whose BMI is above a certain amount every time I see them. Oh, that's what sucks, Gormy. Like, we're forced that way, man. Like, right. And that's what it is. Like, and that's coming from the, that's coming from the company, the corporation that owns his practice. You know, like there's like, that's coming from different, from places. It's not coming from a place of, I want you to get weight loss surgery. It's coming from a place of, I have to tell you to have weight loss surgery every time yes. I see you. Yes. Like I'm, then, I'm required to make this recommendation. So whether I, yeah. whether I believe in it or not. I mean, and then I got really lucky with my general practitioner. Like my doctor, he eventually went keto. Like it's kind of amazing. Him. He went keto. There's another doctor in the practice who is kind of at the forefront of cholesterol research. Good. Or every doctor in his practice. So like when it was time for my, one of my last physicals, my doctor's like, now we're also going to do a test on particle density because you know, the density of your cholesterol particles is really going to be the number that's really important, not your actual cholesterol numbers. And as someone who's been keto for so many years, you're this, this number may be high, but if this number is okay, that'll be a good, like, and I said to him, I know. I know all of that. Like, I understand that you're excited. Like he was like a kid with a new toy, cool. like, but he wanted me to know that he was being very respectful of the choices that I was making and the changes I was making. And That's awesome, man. Like, like, I think it's, I think we're seeing more and more, you know, doctors coming into realizing that there's, there is some power in, in what people are eating and what they're doing, you know, and it's, it's like you said, like it's that catch 22 of you want to encourage someone to, you know, be empowered to make better food choices, but you know, most people aren't going to follow through on it and aren't going to make those changes. And then what ends mm-hmm. up happening? Like there's so much, there's, there's a lot there. Like there's a lot of reasons statistically why diets fail. Like, and there's also like, that's what you hear from like the, the fat positivity community and from the body, you know, fat shame, you know, like people who say there's fat shaming and mm-hmm. body positivity. What do you, what do you like, hear from that community? Like you hear that diets don't work and there's no way to lose weight. So you should just accept your body the way it is and live your life. Mm-hmm. And, it's a pretty pessimistic way to look at things. Yeah. And I think, I think statistically we look at like there is a lot of recidivism when it comes to weight loss, but it's because weight, weight loss and weight gain goes in a lot of ways back to that place of personal choice and goes back to behavior Mm -hmm. and goes back to learned behavior. And is not just as simple as my body wants to be fat, Mm -hmm. which is what people would want you to believe. Like, I think there's a difference. Like, and I do think in some ways we program our bodies to want to stay a certain size. We program our bodies to want food. We set up, you know, our, our hunger hormones to run at certain levels and crave certain things and all of that. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like there's gotta be, there's gotta be a balance between biology and responsibility, personal responsibility. I think that's in every, every facet of life. There's some, you have, you can't take away the power of the person. It's okay. Don't be a victim, be a Viking. Okay. And then second, no matter what the topic is, man, it could be a very emotionally charged issue, but there's some responsibility in it because you need the power to understand that you can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, there's enough evidence that that can happen. David Goggins lost 106 pounds in three months, became a Navy SEAL. He's one of the most motivating per- people in the world. Uh, you know, the excuses really, it's only makes yourself feel good. It, it doesn't, oh, it doesn't mean anything to me. You may have, everyone's running a race. You may have started 10 yards back or someone starts 10 yards forward, but everyone's running the same race. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, Gourmet, I've had different struggles in you, right. More the emotional mental side, which I've healed. Right. And they don't talk about PTSD healing. They don't talk about severe, severe bullying being healed. They don't talk about, I've had so many near death experiences Gourmet. I mean, I couldn't make a left turn in a car God, I still struggle actually making a left turn in a busy intersection still to this day because I've almost died so many times and I've had people make fun of me 
And I'm like, you don't understand what it's like to see death so many times. Uh, and it's worth it to me to make a right and then a U-turn. Like, mm. you know, I think we just have to lead with empathy. We have to lead with always wanting to learn more, always wanting mm. to know that a lot of medicine is, is never, is multifactorial, meaning that it's not just one answer, right? Mm -hmm. And if someone gives you such a simple answer, I wish it was that simple, but right. it's not. Um, and then we have people like you that's making a difference. We have people like, um, I, I was listening to a podcast this morning. It was the low carb MD, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Kristen Bear, she's amazing. And then Jamie Seaburn, uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Fit Fabulous. I mean, two of the most oh, yeah, Jamie awesome Seaburn. women. Uh, oh, yeah, Jamie's her. amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Uh, you know, she's NBC Titan Games. I don't have television, so I don't watch, but um, I just like, God, there's so many things changing for me. Like mm -hmm. practitioners are opening up. They're realizing, wow, these, these guidelines aren't right. The main organizations are having to change because the, the evidence is so apparent that what mm -hmm. we did did not work and right. does not work. So let's keep challenging it. Let's keep making people healthier, happier. And fortunately, we have podcasts like yourself. You have 1,500 people that are impacted every episode you do, man. 1,500 people. Like you're, even if the same saves one life, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. that's it man even if one out of 10 of your coaching clients makes you know life-changing effects that's worth it that's mm -hmm. worth it and oh, that's why sure. i do what i do because if i get one out of 100 whatever it's worth it man one thank you i'm not doing it to make myself feel better it's just it's just what i think i was placed on this earth to do mm -hmm. and that's why you're here right you had to go through your struggles because your struggles have become your empowerment i think oh uh, I, I you're i'm a tony robbins fan and it's, no I, I think it's like <laughs> And I, I think like we don't realize sometimes where our impact goes and what, how mm -hmm. long our impact has been. Like I know working with, with people as a coach right now is having a big impact on, pe on the people I'm working with. I know that. Mm -hmm. But I also got a DM two days ago from a kid who's probably 21, 22, who started following me two years ago and is down 150 pounds, you know, just, you know, from following my journey and deciding it was time for him to get his journey going. And, you know, so he's down 150 pounds. Like, that's awesome. You know, someone who I've never really had a conversation with, like, mm -hmm. and that's the thing that blows me away is when you figure out the impact that, because what it comes down to, and this is the thing, like you, uh, I, I know we're, we've been talking for a long time and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to keep blathering on for you, but like one of the things you asked was like, why do people relate to, you know, what I share and look at what I share? Like, because I think at the end of the day, like, I, I'm just sharing my story. Like my, my, my experience is about sharing my experiences. Like I want to mm -hmm. share the good, the bad, the ugly. And I want people to know that you can still be successful and have bad days. You mm -hmm. can still be successful and hate what you're doing one day and love it the next day. Like mm -hmm. our emotions are all valid. Our choices are all valid, but it's also okay. Like this is something that I, I also hear a lot, like, especially with keto, like, you know, the rumors with keto that people hear is once you eat a ketogenic diet, you're never hungry again. Like you'll never be hungry again. That's bullshit. I'm hungry all the time. But what it does, you know, what I want to say to people is what you have to realize is that if you've got 200 pounds to lose, if you got 250 pounds to lose, you're going to be hungry. You are going to be hungry and you just have to be okay with being hungry. Mm -hmm. You have to be okay with realizing like, it's again, like go back to, you know, Goggins and Jocko and all those people, you know, embrace the suck. Like there's going to be some days that really are horrible. Yep. You know, I have days that I've, I've gone to bed at five o'clock because I didn't want to be awake anymore because I was so miserable with what, you know, the choices I was making and like mm -hmm. what I was having to do. But I realized for me, 
that this was about fighting to live. Like my why is and always has been to live. And now I define it more clearly as my why isn't just to, to survive, but my, my why is to thrive in life. And sometimes that means fighting and sometimes fighting isn't pretty. And it's, you have to be okay with things not being pretty sometimes. Like you have to be okay with not feeling like you're living on a bumper sticker. And you know, and like one of the things, like one of the things I've started doing recently on the ketoroad.com is, is sharing some blogs from my perspective, like writing different pieces up. Um, mm. Like today I, today I just dropped something that's about um, all the different kinds of challenges people put up on the internet and you know, like weight loss challenges and food challenges and water challenges and all those different things. And like, why maybe sometimes it's okay to start one to quit and to find one for you that's going to work. But the other thing is like one of the things that's been kind of on my heart that I've actually just started working on is the comment that people write when someone shares a struggle, people write, you got this, you got this. And I think that comes from a good place, mm -hmm. but I think you got this is never really the right response, you know, to a person who's facing a challenge. Like what's I think the better response? I think the better response is saying, wow, that sounds like something really difficult that you're dealing with. And I really hope that you're able to put a plan in place to help you deal with it. Okay. Like, more I, empathetic. I, I, yeah. I think being more empathetic, being more realistic. And you know, if someone says like, or even being more realistic, like if someone comes back and says, you know, you guys, I went off the rail for two weeks and I ate junk food every day and I've been eating a cake every night. And then I'm getting Ben and Jerry's before I go to bed. And I put on 40 pounds in two weeks, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm back at it. And if the first, your first instinct is to say, you got this, I get that. I get that it's because you, you're terrified that that person's gonna fall off again. And you want them to feel like they can move forward. But what I would rather say to that person is, I hope you learned something this past two weeks. I hope there's a lesson for you to take away from what, you're, you know, what you've identified as, as a moment of failure. Like, what did you learn going through that? Like, what are the lessons that are gonna keep you from doing that again? And maybe you're not quite ready to say you're not gonna do it again. Like mm -hmm. maybe you're okay with making those choices, but I think we just, we, we need to go deeper. We need to be willing to go deeper and be open to hearing people challenging us a little bit mm -hmm. and also be open to challenge other people. And, and when someone says, you know, I need you to stay on top of me with something, mm -hmm. you know, stay on top of them. If someone says I need X, Y, and Z, you know, give a person what they ask for, mm -hmm. but also sometimes it's about giving people, uh, like one of the things that I learned in counseling training, like working with students, you know, in higher education for years, like counseling training was a big thing that I was put through. And then I used to do with our resident staff all the time. And my mm -hmm. favorite thing to teach people was the idea, the power of pointing out inconsistencies, the power of saying to someone, you keep telling me that your goal is to lose weight, but mm -hmm. you keep going out for ice cream at night. Yeah. How does that so how are you really happen? ready? Are you really ready for right. change? Right. Like you have to be ready idea. for change for it to happen. Right. There's mm -hmm. a level of cognitive dissonance there that mm -hmm. sometimes you have to call out for people. And it's when someone else calls it out that it becomes real. You know, so when someone says, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'll use a perfect example. Like one of the things I think you see a lot in the keto Instagram space is people sharing dessert recipes and they're sharing. Mm -hmm. I made egg loaf I today. I don't eat dessert, man. I, I, I made almond can't. flour brownie. Like they're just, all they share is pictures of desserts and how every day I, I, I build a dessert in. But then you'll see those same people say, my weight is stalled and I'm still dealing with cravings yeah. and I'm having trouble dealing with my cravings. And that's when I say, you post dessert seven times a week. Like maybe, maybe cut down putting the sweet stuff into your body and see how your yeah. body responds. Like maybe think about that. Like 
just because sometimes, especially like within a ketogenic framework, just because we can do something doesn't always mean we should do something. I like you know, that. With that idea. Like you said, like, can I lose weight by eating at McDonald's every day? Of course. Should I lose weight by eating at McDonald's every day? Probably. No, not yourself. Probably. It's just, it's just nice yeah. to challenge things and be like, right. well, not so simple of eat a salad every day and you lose right. weight. But more like what I'm saying is like, there's a difference between the things we can do and the things we should do. Like yeah. mm-hmm. sometimes we make choices because the choice is a better choice for us, not because it's a choice we can make. Mm-hmm. Like we have to, as people, I think we have to want to be better. You know, we have mm-hmm. to want to push ourselves a little bit more. We have to want to find ways to challenge ourselves. And sometimes that means making the harder choices over the easier ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, Gourmet, let's. The day, like, I'm, like gonna an, keep, I'm, I'm rambling now. We've been talking. Yeah, I know, bro. It's, it's been like Tuesday. almost two hours, man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm waiting I now. Love I, the feel passion. Like, I feel like Eric's going to be like, what on earth did the two yeah. of you do? Well, like, I, I think we, we captured a lot. I think we, we got to advertise a little bit what you're doing and where you're at in life. You have a mission, you have something where it's a job, but it's also a passion where you want to help people. So we need to get people in the right setting where they can be helped. So what I want to do is just wrap up real quick. What, how do they reach you? Let's go through those real sure. quick again. One more time. Uh, find me on Instagram at gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. Find me on Twitter at gourmet goes keto. Find the fat guy forum on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, everywhere okay. that there's podcasts, you can find us. Or you can go to the ketoroad.com slash coach dash Mike if you want to talk to me about coaching. Cool. And then you're going to be moving out to California. Hey, safe travels. If you need a yes. place, we're in Phoenix. Um, I, I, have a, I will have a room to crash in soon yeah. if, if you need it. It's going to be a podcast room. Uh, cool. But uh, we'd love to meet you in real life, me and Eric uh, and yeah, Anthony. Sure we'll, we'll and then uh, I want to figure that out. I want to give some quick shout outs myself, but www.jackedpod.com. That's our website. Our YouTube channel is just a couple dudes with the K our Instagram, Facebook, same thing. Just a couple dudes with the K uh, big things coming. We're actually linking up with the child crisis of Arizona uh, organization. We're going to be nice. doing volunteer group with them and we're going to be using the Tom's uh, profit method, which we'll be talking about, which is a third of our profit goes to, the charity okay because awesome. we are good men but we want to lead uh by example right and um i usually end on a quote uh because i just like quotes it's kind of whatever this is carl john god i don't know who he is but everything that irritates us about others can lead us to an understanding of ourselves so just just a reflection like today i was on the golf course a little irritated um because they were pushing us to go a little faster and it's really hot and humid here in arizona this is the time of year that we're just sick of the heat Mm-hmm. But hey, Gormy, I just, I love you, man. I'm glad I finally got to meet you. I hope I get to meet you in person. Uh, I'm going to sling people to you that I can't reach uh, myself. I think that's how all of us can be successful. I believe in abundance. I believe in not a pie circle of uh, success, like Gary Vee says. So I want to see you be successful. I want to, you know, push your thing. And I don't make money from it, but I just know that you help people. So I appreciate it, man. And I wish you the best in San Diego. Like, well, thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad we finally get to talk and that I get to realize that you're not just Eric doing a voice, um, which is what I thought for the <laughs> yeah, last time. No, yeah, no, he's not. He's not that talented. <laughs> like, he, Eric's talented, but I don't know. Impressions? Actually, he does yeah. pretty well. But See? yeah, yeah, he does pretty well. Eric is really good at what he I'm gonna does. Have to, I'm going to have to challenge him now to do a Frank impression on one of your next. Well, you could try. I don't know, man. I, People love my voice, I guess. That's what mm-hmm. I hear, and I don't know why. But, um, but anyways, yeah, man, I love you, brother, and I hope that safe travels and you keep killing it. I love that Rob Zombie goatee. So, hey, 
coming back. All right, bro. I'm going to end it, but I'll, I'll talk to you later, bro. Sounds good. Later, man.